Thanks for listening to the Culture Proof Podcast. We welcome you. We're your hosts. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And today we are asking the question, um, are kids a blessing again? Like are children a blessing again? There was a Gallup poll that um, came out last month that had some interesting information where it seems like Americans want children more than we have ever wanted children. But interestingly enough, we don't have the children that we want. Hmm. So I want to talk about that a little bit and um, just kind of ask the question, why do we have that disparity? Why is it that we want bigger families? We're trending toward wanting bigger families, but we actually don't have the family sizes that we say we want. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But first, how about some culture-proof housekeeping? Yeah, sure. Thank you so much for listening to the the episodes, the podcast. We appreciate it. Uh, If you would do us a favor and share it. If it's content that that has blessed you, uh, share it with friends, family, whoever. And uh, we sure would appreciate that. Also, give it a five-star rating. Um, Thank you for the reviews that have been written about the the, uh, culture-proof podcast and we appreciate that thank you Um, but uh keep on keep on keeping on leave a comment uh we love the engagement man i see so many comments and i try to answer them as best as we can you know but keep on commenting the engagement is awesome yeah we really do appreciate you and can i say humbly thank you so much for your financial partnership thank you thank you for the members of our team who have joined the resistance who have um, said hey we can support you guys monthly and you've signed up and you've said hey we want you to continue doing this that financial support really does help us it really does grow the ministry that we believe the lord has entrusted to us. So thank you. Thank you for those individual gifts where you said, hey, here's what I can do. And as often as the Lord enables me to do it, that's what I'm going to do. All of that means so much to us. And so we just want to say thank you. If you're listening and you're blessed by this podcast and you can support it financially, you can go to cultureproof.net. It really does make a difference and we really do appreciate it. Learn more, um, join the resistance. Also sign up for the mailing list too. We are growing that mailing list. Um, Mm -hmm. There's some things that we have in mind that we'd like to do with it, um, especially for those who join and sign um, the mailing or sign up for the mailing list. We, We want to bless you, but we want to consider what we promise that we can do um, as the ministry continues to grow. So anyway, you'll want to keep a watch out for that. Um, Cultureproof.net is where all that information is available. Cultureproof.net. All right. Will the Great. Yes. Gallup information out last month. um, Americans' preference for larger families hits its highest since 1971. Wow. So just some quick overviews here um, about the the findings 47% think one or two children is ideal including 44% who say two but now what we see is that it's also trending up that there are more Americans who are saying maybe three or four children okay. is the ideal family size 45% of US American adults yeah. say that three or more children is the ideal family size okay. um then when you start to look at the demographics of who's um desiring a larger family You actually find that black adults and those who identify themselves as more religious and younger adults favor Mm. larger families. Okay. Now, I I was really surprised to find that data. And I want to talk about that because there was a bit of a viral video last month. And I actually showed this video to our 15-year-old as we were talking about families and talking about God's design for Mm -hmm. women and the role of mothers. And I thought that this video was really interesting. And so I wanted to use it to have a conversation with her. So I'm going to show that um, a little bit later in the podcast. If you're watching over on YouTube, you'll be able to see it. But of course, if you're listening to the podcast, you'll still 
still be able to hear the content, um, but just know that it'll be a video that we'll show a little bit later in the program. Let's look at some of the findings from Gallup. I think this is really interesting. For a long time, we've talked about how larger families have kind of fallen out of vogue. It's not something right. that people desired anymore. And one of the places where I think that the lament of this trend um, should be greatest is in the church among mm. Christians, right? Because yeah. God's yeah. word doesn't fall out of vogue, right? right. It, we're not looking at trends to decide um, if what God said is actually true. Mm -hmm. But in the larger culture, we certainly saw larger families falling out of vogue. It was something mm. that didn't you know, fit with this narrative of independence and a free life. Yeah. And so, but now that's changing. And so I want to have a conversation around why that might be changing. And even as the idea behind larger families is changing, I want to have a conversation around why we still don't see larger families. Yeah, that's amazing to me. I would like to get into that because I don't feel like it's that uh, people are becoming less selfish. So mm -hmm. I, I wonder, like, what the, the shift is and why there's uh, a move to, to want more, you know, um, because the, the, the thought was that, man, having too many children is going to keep me away from my career goals and the things that I want to do because of freedoms that I have. Mm -hmm. And so I don't necessarily see how that has changed, but, you know, it'd be good to, to get into this. All right. So let's look at what Gallup found here. Americans are about evenly divided in their views of whether smaller versus larger families are preferable. When asked about the ideal number of children for a family to have, um, a 44% plurality of U.S. adults think having two is best, and 3% say a single child is ideal, totaling 47% preference for smaller families. At the same time, 45% of Americans favor larger families, including 29% who say having three children is ideal, 12% who think four is best, and 2% each who prefer having five or six or more children. Mm -hmm. uh, only 2% of yeah, Americans yeah. think that the ideal family does not include any children at all. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. I mean, I'm glad that that number is as low as it is. Yeah. Um, but, but it's interesting. The manifestation, though, of some of the sentiments, I think, are not consistent. Because I think what you do see in the culture today is still sort of like this, this idea, at least as it's manifested, like what we actually see, mm -hmm. that a small, manageable number is what we should aim for. And yeah. I think that's because of our busy lifestyles. I think that's because, and I hate to oversimplify it, but I think it's also because of a little bit of selfishness. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And I, I think that, you know, younger people having more of a desire to have bigger families may be a reaction to what the other generations did and, and kind of seeing that the only, you know, one or two children uh, wasn't, you know, the best option. Mm -hmm. Like maybe kids now are like, man, you know, why not have more children? Why not, you know, have more than two? Why is that the 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 picture perfect, you know, ideal of a family? So and I and I can see a lot of the younger people even bucking against a, a, a lot of things that the older generation, you know, thought was like, well, this is it. This is, you know, even uh, uh when we talk about education, I think you're gonna have more young uh young people who like, man, I may be able to get a trade or apprenticeship or something where mm. I can have my own business, you know, uh, rather than go to college. I, th I think some of that is just how the younger folks 
always doing to generations before them. So it may be kind of a like a like a, a pendulum kind of swinging yeah. back in the opposite direction. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I wonder if some of that has to do with the way we work these days. You know, I think mm. with more. Um, of the working from home, working remotely, maybe yeah. there is the idea or the thought that I actually can have a family. I can see how that functions. Um, maybe this is even something mm. I think that may be um, more comforting to dads to feel like, well, I, I would be there. Mm -hmm. And then I would say by extension, it would be comforting to a potential mother or to a wife who would say, well, we can all be together Yeah. versus the yeah. idea that if I have kids, then who's going to help me? Like, who's going to be here? Do we still have this cohesive family unit? Mm. I mm. think historically what we've seen in this country is the exaltation of the American dream. Mm -hmm. And so in order to secure the American dream, it meant um, as few distractions as possible. And historically, unfortunately, even among Christians, children were seen as a distraction. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I want, I wonder if the, the mindset of the younger people now are, are less geared toward a quote unquote American dream. Maybe they feel like because there's some sentiments about America being bad. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if one of the, one of the, one of the sentiments is that, you know, uh, man, even this whole American dream notion, uh, I wonder about that. So I want, you know, I just kind of wonder because I, I think that um, younger people could be given to being rebellious about things and questioning, which is not bad, but questioning why we do, uh, why we hold certain things as valuable. Yeah, you don't mind the questions and you don't mind them um, counting or considering why something is valuable, uh, this thing over another thing. You don't mind that, especially if we have a generation of young people who would define what they value based on God's word. Mm, yeah. Um, I, I don't yeah. know that we're going to have a whole lot of that, but that would be nice. I mean, that it would be, be nice, nice for people. For that. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so here, back to this article here, Gallup began periodically measuring Americans' preferred family size in 1936 mm -hmm. and found that 64% favored at least three children at the time. Uh, support for larger families of three or more children peaked at 77% in 1945, and that was at the wow. end of World War II. And hmm. just before the baby boom, yet wow. a minimum of 61% of U.S. adults favored families of at least three children through 1967. At the highest point during the baby boom, the average number of children per U.S. family was 3.6. That's really interesting when you think about the baby boom and how that really shaped this country, especially the generation, right? The baby boomers, yeah. how that really shaped this country. But then you see that they did not go on to replicate the boom. Right. Like that they did not go on <laughs> right. to value. In fact, in 1973, mm -hmm. Americans began to prefer smaller families of one to two children. So this would be <laughs> about the time that some of the boomers, depending on when they were born, when they were of childbearing age. And abortion was legalized. You are on to it. That is mm, exactly right. By the time. Shift in the thinking you mm -hmm. know of america really. yes man oh my goodness that that is such a salient point so by the time you've got abortion that is illegal but legally recognized in this country a mm -hmm. horrible horrible law you also have um the ubiquity of the pill 
So you've mm-hmm. got women who are able to control mm-hmm. birth. Mm-hmm. And I think you see that reflected in families. And so we have a, a low birth rate um, that would continue to affect this country for quite some time. Um, the preferences of American families evident in the U.S. birth rates, um, the average number of children per family in the U.S. dropped to 1.8 by 1980. 1.8. Mm. And, you know, according to the social scientists, we need a birth rate of 2.5 wow. for us to sustain ourselves. Right. Yeah. And so we have seen a tremendous drop in our birth rate, our fertility rates. And I think even in other countries, there is the recognition that, oh, my goodness, we've messed up. Mm-hmm. Now, now we've got our older generations <laughs> that are passing on, which we knew was going to happen. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> right. It's amazing to me that people think that their ideas are going to somehow be better than God's idea. Right. Impossible. <laughs> Impossible. And they pay the price because now they got to come back and try to do all these incentives for people to have children. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's yeah. just amazing how these countries, you know, are having to do that because they're, you know, <laughs> they're losing out like yeah. people, you know. So let's look at this because I, I found this really interesting from Gallup. It says that Americans still favor parenthood. Right. So now we're seeing an uptick um, moving away from that one point eight, getting into the, the desire the desired range is now in the 2.7 range, okay. but we still don't see that in the actual number of children that we're having. So this is strictly speaking of, like you said, uh, parenting. Uh, what people want. Want Okay. Yes. It's not, it, it doesn't speak to like marriage. No. And that's a really good, that's an excellent point. That's an excellent question. So the, the, the younger generation that's being polled and saying that they would like to have a larger family, many of them are not married. So this is something that they see happening down the line. So it's really interesting, these numbers here, because what you find is that you've got people who want to have children, Mm -hmm. just not yet. Okay, so they want to wait later in life. Which has been a trend that we've been seeing for quite some time here. So back to this article, regardless of the number of children they consider to be ideal, nine in 10 U.S. adults have children or would like to have children. I think that's a really high number, Mm -hmm. and I think that's really good. Mm -hmm. This includes 69% who already have children, 15% who are aged uh, 18 to 40 and are not yet parents, but say they would want to be someday. It's possible that one of the greatest obstacles to homeschooling is confidence. And there's nothing like the fear of math to zap your confidence. CTC Math has taken that into account and designed an incredible math program that takes the fear out of math. Parents can relax knowing that CTC Math is partnering with them to teach math. With clear and complete video tutorials and summaries, this math program ensures that your child actually understands the content before he or she is asked to practice it. CTC Math is also interactive and it adapts to your child's needs without the child even knowing it. This builds confidence and proficiency. Maybe CTC Math is the answer to your prayers. You can find out by going to ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. You can try the program without risk for an entire year. And if it doesn't deliver the results you expect, CTC Math will provide a full refund. You heard me right. You can try out CTC Math for an entire year without risk. And if it doesn't meet your needs, you can get a full refund, no questions asked. 
check out our friends at ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Okay. Now, and that's the thing that I really want to talk about because I think there is a way that we can shape the way the next generation thinks about children. And I think historically we haven't done the best job of that. I think that we ourselves inadvertently, and I'm speaking in the body of Christ, I think that we may have presented to our younger people um, maybe by direct word or mm. by action, you know, that children are a burden and that there's something that you should put off until you have lived life and enjoyed it to the full. Yeah, I think you I think you're right about that. And even if if things were not like necessarily said, the response to maybe larger families coming into, you know, the church or different things like that, you know, you people can tell mm-hmm. like when there's kind of this. ooh like type attitude and when people say things like you know what causes that right yeah 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 and you know and we know from the scriptures that that's totally not the way that god has set things up that children are always a blessing Mm -hmm. absolutely you know i was thinking about this because i was reading an article um just i guess it was maybe a few weeks ago and and i mentioned i shared this article with gabby because i thought it was a really interesting Mm -hmm. conversation where you had this young woman who um is on tiktok and she posted a post where she was talking about that she was 29, almost 30, Mm. and she did not have to lament not being at a certain place in her life because society tells her that she should be at this place. And Mm -hmm. and I want to play this because I thought... You know, it's really and and I don't want to like pile on to her because she had a month of woes. Okay, like, I mean, there were a lot of people who pulled her ticket and talked Mm. about this video. So I don't want to add to that. But I do think it's important to listen to almost sort of like her apologetic for not having kids Mm -hmm. and why she believes that to be single and to not have kids at her age is something that you know, she doesn't need to think about, at least not from a place of lament, but maybe from a place of celebration and a place of peace. And so I just thought this was really interesting. So let's take a look. 45 a.m. on a Saturday. I'm 29 and single and I don't have kids yet. Here's what your Saturday morning looks like when you're single at 29 and you don't have a kid running around the house. I didn't rise from my bed until 10:15. Every time I thought I should probably get up and do something. I thought, why? Nobody's making me. I'm not missing out on anything. I went to Beyonce last night and I didn't get home until 1 a.m. And I danced and drank my little heart out and I didn't pay a babysitter to watch my kids as I did that. And I woke up a tad hungover this morning, just probably why I was in bed for so long and I was just scrolling on my phone and I saw a picture of shakshuka and I thought you know it sounds really good maybe I'm gonna learn how to make shakshuka today because I have no plans and I don't have kids and I don't have a husband and I don't have errands to run I can go to the grocery store and learn how to make shakshuka so that's on my agenda today also on my agenda probably a rewatch of some Real Housewives of New York I'm also doing a rewatch of Normal People on Hulu which is really spicy and I highly recommend weirdly I'm into this documentary on Netflix about blue zone countries so I've got a pretty stacked day anyway I say all this to say whenever I'm hard on myself about why I'm not married and I don't have kids and I should be further along at 29, almost 30. I wouldn't want to do anything else this Saturday. And I know that you can do all these things when you have kids and you're married and I understand, but the effortlessness and ease of my life, just kind of focusing on myself and the shakshuka I want to make or the Beyonce concert I want to go to really pays off when I'm hard on myself for not being where society tells me I should be in life. Mm, so very interesting there. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm listening. I, I I know she's saying way more than that, but what 
Okay. I've never eaten it. I've only seen the dish, but it's like an egg. I don't know exactly what it is. I, I know that there I'll are eggs. Yeah, you need to look it up. <laughs> Maybe I'll learn to make shakshuka. You're married and you have six I still six can learn kids, how to make shakshuka. So I don't think you have time. Is, does it take six make, hours to make? I mean, I, mean, I don't know. But what I do know is that if it's one of those things that you can just explore because you're single... And you don't have kids, you definitely it cannot do it. Difficult. So I just want to say, on. you know, maybe we should make a video where you and I and our six kids make shakshuka together. Okay. Like maybe we, shakshuka. maybe that's the response to this is that we actually make our own shakshuka and we show, and we show that it can be done in the midst of family time. I mean, can we say, so yeah, so we are potty training our three-year-old and that's messy. <sighs> And it does require a lot of selflessness, but in the midst of all of that, we're going to make shakshuka. Like, I mean, I don't know. I did look it up. I saw some um, pictures of what it, what it looks like. Okay. So I'll have to learn and then we can maybe make it as a response here. I don't know. Okay. But coming yeah. out of that video, yeah. Yeah. talk to me about your first thoughts here. As we talk about, Man. there is an increased desire for kids. But still, we put off having kids in this country. And there's a reason for that. And I think a lot of it is kind of summarized in her take on making, being yeah. able to live a life where you can make shakshuka whenever you want. This is an uh, interesting conversation. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around how this works. But from what she was saying, you know, she just really still loves her freedom, you know. Um, so she, I, I was think she would be one say okay but what maybe when in my 30s or i don't know how old she, well, she's she was. on the she's on the edge she's 29 turning 30 okay so maybe she she may be like mid 30s or whatever then i'll get well then i'll have children i don't know if she'll get married i don't i don't know that's what should happen but uh it just sounds that sounds very um selfish in the sense of it's, it sounds like she still just want to be a kid even though she's getting older if she's 29 almost 30 that it seems that the generations in the past had more of a maturity and more more of a desire for like family like my mom and my dad they were married at like i think 20 and 21 mm. you know what i'm saying that's wonderful i got married late mm -hmm. but it wasn't because i it wasn't because like I wasn't mature enough. I don't believe that. The Lord just had not revealed me. <laughs> yes, and so, exactly. That's, until that airbrush exactly. happened, you just didn't know. You <laughs> it was were more just like graffiti. Not <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But uh, the thing is, I think uh, people in the past had more of a op opportunity, not opportunity, a desire, a desire mm -hmm. to to marry, to have children. That was seen as like a valuable thing. Mm -hmm. You know, now it's seen as though like. You know, okay, now I want to do that. I want to have that. But I just want to kind of just have fun first, you know, just, you know, do what I want to do, not be tied down. And now we see that a lot of people are getting married much later, like 30s, you know, and some, you know, still desire to be married. They're almost 40, things mm -hmm. like that. And I think the generations before, it was more of a drive and a desire, like, Man, this is what I desire. This is what I want. Yeah, I think culturally we were in a different place um, mm -hmm. in American in American society. I think the desire for a family and the desire for children was collectively normative. And, and I think it was sort of like the next step. It was like, this is how you mature in life. This is how you grow. Yeah. These, these are 
the stages of life that went uncontested. Mm -hmm. And I think when you live in a culture where those stages can then be loudly and collectively contested, Mm -hmm. not only with questions like, well, do I really have to do that? But with with action, right? Mm -hmm. So what we have done is we have normalized a system where we funnel men through college and we say you're not really fully grown, Mm. um, you know, until you finish college right and then we do the same thing for women we say there's no way that you need to be you know not allowed to make shakshuka (laughs) you should be making gravy and rice you know what i mean because that's easy and feeds 17 people you know but i i think that we have shifted in our culture and the the one of the things i don't want us to run out of time in discussing Mm -hmm. is that the antidote to this is that for Christians, at least, yeah. that God's word does not shift based on what is now culturally normative. That's exactly right. And that's what I was thinking. So we have done something wrong in the church because we have these the same phenomenon in the church. We have the same itch, issues where it's like, man, you know, uh, there's been a pushback on being married, you know, until later. And then, you know, some of it has been maybe because they haven't uh, the, the right person or whatever have, mm-hmm. have, hasn't come along. But it seems like there is a lot of looking at what I can do and what I won't be able to do, mm-hmm. even within the church. You know, and I'm like, man, that should not have changed, even though the culture around us, you know, have has gone through changes and different things. Seems like there should be uh, a semblance of, you know, uh, the same type thing happening in the church mm-hmm. through the generations. So how do we how do we perpetuate that? Like, and I, you know, I want to make sure to recognize this. And whenever we do a, a, a program on a topic that I think has some nuance to it, I want to recognize that there are men and women who desire to be married, yes. but have not found or right. been found, been found yeah. by a suitable yeah, mate. Totally. And, and when we know God, we know what he requires. And there are just some people that you have to say, no, that's not what God would. But I, I you know. also think that is an issue because I think the suitable mates are not suitable for a reason. Mm. And I think there's, wow. there's been a, a you know immaturity. There's been a lack of vision and mission of on the on the men's side. Maybe they're not suitable, you know, ready to to take on a wife. Even on 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 the women's side, it may be some of that as well. So I think mm. I think. A lack of discipleship can cause this type of stuff as well, because mm-hmm. the, are, are there suitable guys? You know, um, we have two daughters, you know, and so we're <laughs> hoping that there would be suitable. This is not a request for suitors at all. No. I just want to say that. that. There okay. would be suitable men. <laughs> yeah. You know. That's the prayer. Yeah. Genuinely. But I wonder if there's a lack of suitable men and well, women. I will just tell you, in some of the conversations that we've had with our daughters, at, at least in, with, with one daughter in particular... She really perceives a lot of the younger boys in her age group. And she, you know, is thinking down the line as they mature, she feels like that there is a failure to mature. Mm. And she feels like that it's norm normal um, across like social media and across a lot of the content that is being consumed mm-hmm. that you have uh, among the influencers grown men who behave like boys. And so her concern, and she said this to me, and I thought this was like um, worth pondering, Mm -hmm. but she said, it seems to me that what is normal in American culture is that um, older men do not mature. And so they are influencing the young boys Mm. who have not even reached manhood. Mm -hmm. So even more so, you see this sort of like delayed maturity happening 
in the in the men in American culture today. And, and, and on the other side, do you think there are 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 women now who are have been kind of trained not to be or not to see the home as valuable? Oh, be, absolutely. Because of you know uh, the mom, you know, not passing that down, or, absolutely. or even you know young young girls not even knowing how to do certain things that would be in line with. Uh, what it takes to manage a home look absolutely I think and I think there's more to it than that too I think the rise of the independent woman the self-sufficient one the girl power mantra the you know uh, girl boss celebration in our culture I think all of these things have kept women away from the desire to be married. And and I hate to say this, I know this is controversial, but I think it's even kind of kept them away from the suitability. I don't think that most men are looking for women who want to rival them. Mm, I don't, no. I don't think that men are looking for women who believe and are actively mm-hmm. living out the anything you can do, I can do better. Right. Like, I mean, you know, that has morphed into now I can be you. Right. You know what right. I mean? I mean, it's yeah. just, it's crazy what's happened in our culture, but I think to the point that you're making, it's an excellent one on both sides. Cause mm-hmm. there is a binary on both sides of this discussion. <laughs> we are talking about some failures on our part. Mm-hmm. And before we run out of time though, I, I want to come back to God's word because when you yeah. look at Psalm 127, the Lord clearly says to us that children are a gift from him, mm-hmm. that the fruit of the womb is a reward, right? How have we moved away from that or even demonstrated, even in Christian circles, that we don't believe that today? Well, I think we've demonstrated that by uh, adhering to what the culture says about children. Mm. You know, we may not be pro-abortion or we may not be, you know, this or that. But in the living out, I think we show kind of that we have some agreement with the world, mm. you know, as it pertains to children. You know, I think there's still the idea that uh, too many children or what is quote unquote too many children is an inconvenience mm-hmm. from what I want to do. I think that has seeped in from the culture mm-hmm. and we've allowed it to to have take root. And so you have generations of boys and girls and, you know, that grew up having that type of mentality. So we have to train uh, in the word. And what does the Bible say about family, about children, you know? And so we have to get back to what the straight edge says. Yeah, no, I, I think I think that's I think that's true. I'm, I'm wondering if, too, there is this thought. Now, I'm thinking I'm thinking among Christians, I'm yeah. wondering if there's this thought that well, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. the Bible says that children are a gift right. of the Lord. Right. That doesn't mean that I have to accept it. That doesn't, it's a gift, right? I don't, I don't have to want that gift. And I think that is a part of the discipleship problem that we've experienced in the church that we have not taught our kids in many instances, I think, mm-hmm. to desire what the Lord wants for us. You know yeah. what I mean? That there is this feeling of like, um, Autonomy. I just want what I want. So that's that's a problem. That's because because when do we ever not desire to accept a gift from the Lord? When we well as yeah. believers. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. So if there's yeah. a if there's an attitude of well, if I don't want that gift, that's some that's that's something that is a problem. I think, and I think that has to be addressed with the word. Like so, any other type of gifts we would receive. So you're saying that this gift from the Lord that God has said is a gift. No, we don't want it because it don't feel like a gift to me. I think and because I, it's being defined through the lens of the recipient. Yeah. It's, it's being defined through the lens of the person who would receive the gift. And they're saying, I don't see that as a gift. 
Yeah, I, I think you're right. And I, I just know for us, and we've talked about this, that every child that we have had, God has added blessings to our lives. Along with that child. And Absolutely. And so I think, you know, in a, in a clear way, the scriptures are revealed. Not just in that, you know, that, that but we you see down the line. So the thing is, when you are old and gray and you're not able to really take care of yourself like you, you know, used to be able to, man, those children will be a blessing. This is what, what is happening in some countries that the, the older folks, are they don't have the children. Mm-hmm. And so they're being neglected. They don't have anyone to take care of them. They don't have, you know, I think we, we think so short term that, man, we don't even understand how in the long term we're hurting our own selves. Mm-hmm. This is a, this is something that God has instituted and installed, you know, that, yes, you, you, t- you spend years taking care of them. But at one day, you're going to need to be taken care of as well. And, and these are the ones that's going to be right there to take care of you, calling you blessed, understanding and remembering how you've taken care of them, that's understanding right. and remembering all the sacrifice and all of that. And so we think so short term that we think, oh, right now, man, it's just, oh, you know, not understanding the long term, mm-hmm. you know, God has made it to where that's going to be given back to you. Yeah. It's yeah. given back to you and then given back to the culture at large. Yes. I mean, to society as a whole, like we need to reproduce ourselves. Like we, yes. we need to be fruitful and multiply. And this is not seen as just some sort of like empty command. The Lord in his wisdom has issued this command as Amen. he's done with all of the commands. It's been according to his wisdom. You know, one of the things I, I think is important for us to note that when we talk about why there is a desire for kids, but you don't actually see those kids manifested, I think because our culture knows, and I don't mean to personify the culture, it's made up of persons, but I think we know that there is a need for children in our society, but we actually are too connected to our comfort and too mm. connected, and I'm, I'm just going to simplify the comforts as shakshuka making, okay? We are just <laughs> too to in love. Concerts. No, we are just too. <laughs> and I'm not sure that after we make shakshuka, we are going to want that either. Like, I mean, right. we probably, I don't know. We'll see. We'll let you know how the shakshuka making goes. But um, I just think that we're too connected to yeah. our levels of comfort to even consider children. So what I want to make sure we do Mm -hmm. is to talk about just briefly here, Mm -hmm. the ways that we might shift, not only the sentiment, because Gallup has uncovered that there are more people who want to have children, right? Younger people want to have children. They're just not having them. So my question is, how do we create or how do we foster an environment where there is an excitement about children again? Not only in our minds, but also in the actual manifestation of that, where there is a a desire for marriage and a desire to reproduce. I think within the church, we're going to have to show how valuable that is. Like, I think if a generation coming behind us understands that, man, this is a great thing and they see it and they see that we are not um, consumed with comforts and Mm. things like that. We model what we want them to 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 have. Mm -hmm. I think what's been modeled has been the opposite. So within the church, we have to like really get back once again to what God has said about this particular issue. And and we need to govern ourselves uh, in that way. So I think the modeling of, man, this is a blessing because, you know, man, it's hard. There are things that happen. Mm-hmm. Man, you're like, man, like, you know, this is. But at the same time, that's where. The long game, the long term comes in. Like, what are we modeling, you know? And so 
I think if we really took that seriously and said, okay, this is what the Bible says about it. This is how I want to react. This is how I want to uh, show my children that we feel about family. I think they would have, they would be uh, geared towards having the same mindset about it as well. So it yeah. starts with how we model. No, I agree with that. And and I think that's something that's on the bottom shelf. I think that's something that we can easily do. And yeah. I think that's something that we should be doing. I think even in the way we welcome kids into our church, you know, it, mm. it's amazing how, um, I think even a response from a pastor when a baby starts crying can change the way people think about children. True. You know, so often we have announcements <laughs> because we have and we have turned our meetings into sort of like this cleaned up production. And I understand yeah. when we have our services that are broadcast online, I understand that, but we get into this mode of like, it's a production. So if you've got a crying baby, hey, get that baby out of here right. because the show is on, you know what I mean? <laughs> but what we really want is we want families to feel welcomed, right? So, so because here's what happens, you know, almost automatically, if the pastor says, hey, if your baby gets, you know, uncomfortable, take that baby out. Well, as soon as that baby starts to cry, everybody's going to turn around it's like, you heard what pastor said. <laughs> versus, you versus, <laughs> you're taking too long, okay? Versus, hey, we welcome children here. Yeah. A, ch a church that never hears a kid cry, right? once maybe gets uncomfortable if you mm. you don't hear that then you need to be concerned about the legacy of that congregation mm. like where is it going yeah you know what i mean because yeah, we understand true. that these children are adults in the making and, right and, and that's what we want and so i think even the way we model it in our families and the way we model it in our churches has a bearing on or has bearing on how our kids see it and what they will do as they grow up. Amen. Amen. I totally agree. And, you know, even in Psalm 129, it talks about uh, the, the the children being kind of like arrows, you know, that you would shoot onto the world. I don't, I, if we had that real mindset, you know, as we are in the day-to-day uh, -day grind of raising our children, that we're <laughs> these are arrows that will be uh, shot into the culture, shot into the world to make a difference, you know, because we talk so much about, desiring change and wanting revival and an awakening, man, if we're able to put out godly seed, man, I, I believe that awakening can happen. You know, uh, if, if we take seriously what's happening here, then that awakening can happen because at some point we have to shoot them out, you know? And so wherever we are, are, are shooting them, they, we, we are uh, trusting that they will make a difference, Amen. you know, that for Christ. And so, yeah, I think, man, it, it's just, it's a mental recalibration, you know, and it's a heartfelt, like, uh, connecting with what the Word of God says. Yeah, and I think we can do it. It's, again, it is counter-cultural counter living. Yes. And it's it's loud, right? <laughs> if we want to be effective, it's got to be loud. Yeah. Look, and maybe we'll do a follow-up program on this, because I, I, I think it's so important for us to note that we have not set out to have six kids right. as a point to make a point, but right. really there has been a journey where the Lord has taught us from his word and by conviction of the Holy Spirit that we can trust his word, yeah. right? And that Amen. if he says children are a blessing, then we are to see children as a blessing. Look, when we resist cultural trends that rival the truth, we remain culture proof. Until next time, Lord willing. God bless. Wait.